You're listening to the Culture Cure Podcast, Episode 1, where we chat to Michelle Baker and discover the three biggest lessons she learned about organisational culture. Hey there, I'm Amanda Rosarza, the Pop Coach, and I help organisations build high-performance cultures. I've worked across multiple industries in the public and private sector, implementing strategies to consistently improve culture, leadership, customer experience, and employee engagement. This is the culture cure. I know what you're thinking. How do we cure organizational culture? How do we fix something that's so intangible, so challenging to measure, to quantify? Getting a grip on your organization's culture can feel like trying to grab onto smoke, impossible. I'm here to change all that. Let's make the intangible tangible and the impossible possible. Through my unique framework, The Culture Cure, and some incredible conversations with some amazing people, we'll arm you with the tools, systems, processes, and mindset shifts you need to become a culture champion. Ready? Let's go. For our very first episode, we have Stoneledge Enrichment co-founder and CEO, Michelle Baker. She is a former director from the Disney Institute, where she collaborated with organizations around the world on leadership, culture, and service. Michelle was also a senior leader with Disney Cruise Line, both shoreside and onboard ships as an officer. She is a Welsh scholar and honours MBA graduate from the Jack Welsh Management Institute, Stray University, and I'm proud to call her a close friend. Let me let you in on a little secret. You can grab onto that smoke I was talking about earlier. Let me introduce you to the REACH ecosystem. Everything you need to develop higher performing teams, leaders, and workplace culture. The unique platform that brings together people and culture and learning and development to deliver new solutions and value. Some people call it organizational development in a box. We call it a capability and culture platform. Whatever you call it, if you have people, you will love the REACH ecosystem. Want to learn more? Head on over to amandarazaza.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-O-S-A-Z-Z-A.com and book a REACH chat today or use the links in the description. Yeah. All righty. Well, Michelle, you need no introduction, really. How's that for an introduction? Thank you so much for joining us here on The Culture Cure today. How are you? Tell me a story. What do you got for me? Oh, my gosh. That's like four questions in one, Amanda. So. I know. I can't do one. I've got to do four. Let me, let me see if I can back into all that. First of all, I'm great. Excellent. I am in Chattanooga, Tennessee right now, which um, wow. I used to live in Tennessee, but I've never really spent a lot of time in Chattanooga. And I have to tell you, for anyone that's out there that is thinking about coming to Chattanooga, it is a beautiful city. It is lovely. The people are wonderful. There's a really nice mix of kind of progressive business minds and just kind people that love to uh, you know, provide that hospitality and also outdoor adventure. So it's like everything I've wanted to uh, find in a city and more. That sounds amazing. So, and and where can I go to get a good cup of tea there, Michelle? Have you found me a good tea yet? Well, I haven't found you a good tea, but it's funny you mentioned that because one of our getting to know Chattanooga experiences has been um, going to different uh, coffee shops and 
I have not been disappointed. I'm a you know traditional macchiato kind of girl. So just two nice. shots of espresso and I'm good. Um, and we have found incredible cafes from a coffee quality perspective, from a location and vibe perspective. So I imagine if they've got great traditional macchiato, there's got to be a few that have really good tea as well. Absolutely. Well, I'll have to come and join you next time for sure. Well, Michelle, absolutely. Michelle is joining us today to give us some insights from her amazing career. So she's worked with Disney Institute, Disney Cruise Line, as we covered off before. And now she's branched out on her own with Stone Ledge, which is so exciting. And we've done a little bit of collaboration, which has been amazing. And I've loved every second of it. Michelle is here today. She joins us to let us know what her three major things that she discovered around organizational culture on her journey. So Michelle, I mean, tell us a little bit about you know, where you've come from, where you're going, your story, we would love to hear. Yeah. And first of all, I love the topic of culture and culture engagement. I think it's, it's just a beautiful topic and it's so critical in in today's business world. Um, And I'm going to tell you right up front that the, my viewpoints on these, on this uh, critical topic is really shaped by two things. 24 years at Disney So I was a leader at Disney Cruise Line for 17 years, including two years on board ships as an officer. Uh, And then I spent seven years at the Disney Institute as the director. So I was a director of uh, the men and women that would step on stage and deliver programs for the Disney Institute, both for intact organizations around the world, including Australia, um, as well as those professionals that came to Disney for development, whether it was on leadership, culture um, or uh, service. And so that was a big part of my background, but also it shaped me in terms of how I kind of approach our new business from a culture and engagement perspective. Um, And then the other thing that shaped me is I had the privilege, the honor really of attending the Jack Walsh Management Institute um, through Strayer University for my MBA Um, And if you're familiar with Jack Welsh at all, he had some really strong uh, viewpoints on engagement, on culture, um, you know, on how to run businesses. And so transparently, um, that shaped a lot of my thinking as well. And, and I'm sure we'll get into some of those examples in a few minutes, but that that's me in a nutshell. I'm now the co founder and CEO of Stone Ledge Enrichment, which our primary focus is on developing leaders that drive a powerful culture. We call it, we call it aligned leadership, um, but it's that leader that is a really good balance of developing people. So driving a culture, um, driving the business results so that there is revenue and profits and, and um, you know, great things happening in the marketplace, but also someone that never stops learning themselves. So they continue to develop themselves, but I'll get into that at some other point, but That's me in a nutshell. I love it. And I love, I just love the aligned leadership model, Michelle. And I I know we will delve into that, but that, I think that is one of the the main things that we really bond over and, and have that, have that. It's just, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I'm going to go off on a path if I don't don't redirect myself immediately, (laughs) but let, let's delve in. So tell me about your number one thing that you learned on your journey about organizational culture. Tell me what's number one. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely when when you asked me the question um, via email, the very first thing that came to my mind was leaders, that it starts with leadership. Um, and it's no surprise, it's not just because we talk about leadership at Stone Ledge or you and I have connected over the topic of leadership. To me, it really does begin there. And to be a little bit more specific, um, for a leader to really drive a positive culture, and often I, I kind of combine that thought of culture with engagement. You know, how engaged are the employees? Uh, what is their level of commitment to the organization? What is their level of emotional connection um, to the business, to the team, to, to what they do? Um, and how a leader drives that is a few different ways. Um, some of these are very cliche, but I really believe that the a leader's got to walk the talk. Absolutely. I believe that a leader has to um, kind of internalize the culture of an organization, like live it, breathe it, talk about it all the time. Um, and I do have a couple of stories I'd like to share with you, but I, I can't move forward without telling you that when you came on to our virtual course and you started talking about the culture at VideoPro, um, and how that was just a, a thread that was woven through the entire part of the organization, how you interacted with each other, the guests, and all of it. That that really left an impression on me. So I'm going to pause for a second because I want I want to tell you a story, but um, I don't want to just ramble for for ten minutes. So no, we need to hear the stories, yeah. Michelle. Okay. All of all them. Right, good. Because <laughs> I can I can talk. Um, Please. So, the reason why I feel so strongly that that leaders are the ones that drive culture has to do with my upbringing, bringing, so to speak, at, at Disney Cruise Line. Um, we had a culture um, that was uh, really a startup mentality because I was part of the opening team with Disney Cruise Line. So I was wow. there literally two years before the Disney Magic came out, which was our first ship. Um, and it was startup. We'd never done it before. Disney had never done it before. We'd never built cruise ships or operated at sea with 60 different nationalities on board. Um, and so in some cases, we were very methodical about the approach. And in other cases, we were making it up as we went. And I don't mean things like where to put the keel. Uh, I mean, things Look. like, okay, so <laughs> cancellation policy, how do we want to, uh, you know, how do we want to allow people to cancel what should be and so on. Uh, but going back to the topic of culture, you know, I was really lucky at Disney Cruise Line because we had leaders that were the very first people to roll up their sleeves and dive in if there was an emergency. Uh, they were willing to do whatever it took to get us from point A to point B if there was some sort of crisis. Um, and it wasn't just, all right, all hands on deck. They were literally the first hands on deck. Um, and two memories that, that, that came to me when I was really thinking about this, one was there was a, a moment in time where we were transitioning from the reservation system that we opened with to the reservation system that was designed for us by a, a third-party vendor. And as you can imagine, with soft, software implementation, we had deadlines and testing and and ultimately that critical migration period where we had to migrate from old system to new system mm -hmm. without any impact on the guest experience, um, which guests, of course, at Disney is, is customer. So we, we couldn't impact that experience. So over the course of like a 24 hour period, we, we literally called for all hands on deck to mm -hmm. manually enter 
those reservations that didn't transition over smoothly. Wow. And it was a literal 24 hour kind of work cycle. The reason I bring that story up right now is it wasn't just everyone within reservations or even shoreside travel operations. We had senior leaders that were at the computer entering uh, reservations, getting it done without any accolades. It wasn't a photo op situation because I remember going into my area. I led the guest service team at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. And there was a gentleman sitting very quietly in the corner and he was sitting there and he had a list of reservations to enter. And he had a list of instructions and he was just sitting there very quietly entering boom, 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 boom. Well, that gentleman sitting in the corner was Tom McAlpin, who is now the president of Virgin Voyages at the time, he was our chief financial officer, and wow. he came down for hours at a time, and we're just, he was just entering reservations because he knew that we, not reservations, we, Disney Cruise Line, had a deadline to meet. I love that so, story. So, <sighs> yeah, just one more that's very similar, but it, it, it's it's just analogous to this point we're making, and it's a much shorter one, but uh, we had a, a moment in time because of weather or something else was going on where we had two ships in port at the same time in Port Canaveral, and we only have one berth. And so now we wow. have the magic and the wonder in Port Canaveral at the same time, which isn't just about where's one ship going to dock, where's the other one going to dock. Now mm. we had twice as many guests, twice as many you know luggage runs, all of that with the same amount of people that we had hired to do one ship at a time. And so there was, it was, a, it was, a, it was pretty interesting, but who was there for an entire day moving luggage? Carl Holtz, who at the time was the president of Disney Cruise Line. And again, it wasn't Amazing. a photo op. It wasn't like, watch me move this piece of luggage. He was like moving luggage, Joanne R., our, our senior leader, moving luggage. That's the kind of culture that was created at Disney Cruise Line. It wasn't just here's a list of what to do. They were rolling up their sleeves. They were getting it done. Um, and that's why I believe we had such a strong culture um, at DCL. That is incredible, Michelle. So what is it? So we know it's leadership, but what is it do you think that caused those leaders to just get out there and get it done? Was it their leaders that led them before or was there something else going on? Yeah, I think it's, it's part of it is just how you're hardwired. But I think Mm -hmm. it goes a little bit deeper than that. I think that when you are emotionally attached to a product, a team, an effort, um, you know, an experience, when you just, when you feel it in your heart, uh, it's easy to give that discretionary effort. In some cases, it doesn't even feel like effort. Like everyone genuinely loved Disney Cruise Line. They Mm -hmm. loved what we were trying to do. Uh, we were all emotionally connected to that guest experience, to the cast member experience. Um, nobody ever left Disney Cruise Line. I, re- I remember specifically, I left after 15 years shoreside, and then I went out to sea for two years. But after 15 years, like, I don't have a percentage, but a huge portion of the opening team was still there. Mm-hmm. We're now at year 25 and a huge po- part of the opening team is still at Disney Cruise Line. And to me, that speaks volumes about the, the culture that was created and the emotional connection that people have to that experience. Absolutely. And if I could just add another thing in it here, I had a couple of great conversations earlier today and something that kept coming up was 
people don't leave organizations, they leave leaders. Yeah. So I think that that's a, a perfect example of yeah. amazing leadership and, and why the people mm -hmm. chose to stay as well. Yeah, well said. And I totally agree. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's move on to your second piece. What have you got for sure. me? What was the second thing you wanted to share? So the second one, it comes from Disney Cruise Line, um, but also from my time, you know, just learning from Jack Welsh through my study at the, the Jack Welsh Management Institute. And that's the topic that accountability matters. Um, accountability is you know, basically un everyone understanding this is our way of working. These are our core values. This is how we do the business that we do and what's important. Um, and people are human. So they're going to go off track from time to time. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to forget that that was important and so on. But to me, it's huge that, you know, people be held accountable for those behaviors. And just for clarity, Amanda, I don't mean accountable like, you know, the manager lining them up when they're on the sales floor or when they're in mm -hmm. front of a guest or it, it doesn't have to be that. Um, it's really just, the, you know, the reminders or the, um, the okay, I understand where you're going with this, but remember, mm. we're trying to do this over here. Um, I, I liken it to that analogy of thinking about a boulder rolling down a hill. You know, if you were to stop that boulder just as it's starting to roll, then unless it's a massive Indiana Jones sized boulder, you know, <laughs> you, you're probably going to be able to stop it. Yeah. But if you try to stop that boulder at the bottom of the hill, when it's been rolling for a, a, a good time now, it's just, it's a lot more difficult and probably a little more <laughs> messy. Um, so what I mean by that is if you were to roll out core values or behaviors, or, you know, here's what we really expect of people as an organization. And then somebody makes a mistake or does something that's counter to that. It's super easy to say, all right, Amanda, um, tell me a little bit about what happened there. Oh, okay. I right. But remember our core value is that it's okay to put the guest uh, first. It's okay to, you know, stop stocking shelves because this person needed your help or whatever it is. Okay. All right. Because two things, first of all, that person's, the individual is going to learn from that brief session and accountability. But the other thing is that people know when people aren't being held accountable. And that to me is just as detrimental as, as, uh, you know, just bad service in general. That was amazing. And I, I love that piece about, so using so we can give this really amazing feedback by firstly getting curious I, I don't think you articulated it quite that way but being curious oh why did we do it that way and then redirecting with the core value it's so powerful right it's amazing absolutely fantastic Michelle thank you one of the most important questions I discovered when I was leading the guest services team at Disney Cruise Line and and one of the things that I taught my team over and over they probably got tired of me saying it is you know what when when you're faced with a, a situation, um, one of the most powerful questions you you can ask is tell me a little bit about what happened, and then pause and then don't say anything because that curiosity as you as you framed it, which I I like the way that that sounds, but that that curiosity is going to give you the full picture. It's going to give you an opportunity to pause, um, so that if you are holding someone accountable, now you've got the full 
idea of the full scope of what exactly happened. So I like that framing it up as curiosity. That's pretty cool. Right. And for me, and, and this is what I teach in leadership as well. So if you can, when you frame it as I'm just, I'm just curious, it just comes mm. off so light and they're more likely to engage with you and tell you what's actually going on. It's so powerful. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. Did you know the culture cure isn't just a podcast? It's also our unique framework we use to build high performance cultures. Want to learn more? Book a culture chat today by heading on over to amandarazata.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-O-S-A-Z-Z-A.com or using the links in the description. Ready to help your team reach for the stars? The Reach ecosystem gives you everything you need to develop your teams. Leading brands all over the world, including us here at The Pop Coach, are already using Reach. We're helping our teams and our clients create an adaptable, engaged workforce using a data-led approach to improve performance now, not tomorrow, and prepare for the future of work. Are you ready? Head on over to amandarazatza.com, that's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-O-S-A-Z-Z-A.com, and book a Reach chat today or use the links in the description. Excellent, Michelle. I love it. Excellent. Now, before we get into your third one, I've got some quick fire questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Excellent. Now, this one's a little cliche, but I love this one. So you're having a dinner party at a venue of your choice. Three people, alive or dead, who do you invite? What's the venue and why are they there? Tell me. Wow. Um. All right. So just off the top of my head, and I'm not even sure why these people came to my mind, but um, Albert Einstein, as esoteric yes. as that sounds, because I always found that reading about him, that he was just as much a philosopher as he was a a scientist, a, a brilliant mind. Um, and so I'd love to have him there to talk not as much about you know, the theory of relativity as about his, his, um, his views on just philosophy and, yes. and, um, and, and life and that type of thing. So, so that's one. Um, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, the second one, and I think it's probably because, uh, I'm reading, uh, her book right now, but, um, there's an author by the name of Ayn Rand, Okay. Uh, if you've ever heard of the the Atlas Shrug, the Fountainhead, um, rings a bell. But tell me yeah. more. Tell me more. Yeah, it's they're novels, but they're right. based on a, a philosophy called objectivism. And mm-hmm. and um, it, but I read her twenty five years ago, and and it really it changed the course of my life in terms of my career path um, because yeah, I don't know that I want knew what I wanted to be 25 years ago, 30 years ago now, probably at this point. Um, but I read Atlas Shrugged and then The Fountainhead and oh, wow, she's just, she's literally the best writer that I've ever experienced. And I've read a lot of books. So um, I just love to, to talk to her a little bit. Like, can you imagine one-on-one with Ayn Rand on, on um, her, 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 first of all, she wrote the book in the early 1900s, like 1930, maybe it was. And I'm reading it again right now. I've read it several times, but um, it describes exactly what we're going through as uh, from, especially politically, as it just wow. is the world as a culture and, and not all negative. It's just, um, 
but she, yeah, it's incredible. So I'd love to talk to her. And then a fun one, maybe someone that would just be like super entertaining to talk to. Um, gosh, uh, I, I don't know. Um, well, I'm going to say Sarah Blakely. Do you know who Sarah Blakely is? Uh, the name rings a bell, but tell me more. Yeah. So she invented um, the brand Spanx. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. So, she, yep. yeah, so she's an entrepreneur and I've yes. never, sorry, Sarah, but I've never actually owned a pair of Spanx. Um, but just the way that she started that company and the way that she believed in herself and um, just pursued uh, going from selling fax machines, basically door to door wow. to um, to building a, a billion dollar brand that it, it, it's just, it's impressive. And, and so I just, you know, in, I'd love to talk to her and, um, you know, just, uh, get some inspiration and, and that. So that, that's, those are the three that came to my mind. I'm sure if you asked me tomorrow, I, I might have three other ones, but that's uh, those, the beauty of the question. Be yeah. That's fantastic. And where are you taking them? Where are they going we're, to dinner? Oh, where are we going? Um, Oh, somewhere with a great view, preferably outdoors Perfect. where we can like sit and either stare at the mountains or stare at the water, just feel that breeze coming in Bliss. and sit there comfortably for hours. I love it. I love it so much. That sounds fantastic. Now, yeah. second quick fire question. You're visiting Australia. Where do you want to go? Huh? Oh, um, Besides coming to see you, of course. Of course, of course. Uh, I there's a there's a trail in us. No, maybe I'm thinking New Zealand. Um, I'll accept New Zealand. I'll accept New Zealand. Uh, okay. Um, the, is it the Te Aurora maybe or the there's a there's a really long trail that I wouldn't mind doing some hiking on. Um, so and then just the trails in New Zealand I hear are absolutely oh. beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. We do have some really lovely ones here as well. New Zealand is mm -hmm. just, is just next level. I'm going to have Australians attacking me in the comments for that one, but oh, they're both yeah. good. They're both good. They're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. <gasps> Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. yeah. The Sid, you, you have to take me to the Sydney Harbor too. That's, that's oh yes. I mean. Yes. We, Opera house, Sydney Harbor bridge. Absolutely. Yeah. And Michelle is an adventurous soul. So we'll be at the top of the Harbor bridge. No doubt. No doubt at yeah. all. Excellent. I love it. All right. Now bring us home. What was the third one you wanted to share with us today? Oh, the third one. Um, yes. Uh, okay. So the third one, uh, going back to culture, because right now I've been transported to Australia and I'm already I, picturing yeah. it. And so I'm like, all right, come back to Tennessee here for some. I'm switching gears on you. Yeah. So we talked about accountability. I think the same, the other side of that same coin has to do with recognition. Um, and so just as you would kind of gently nudge somebody to, uh, to change a behavior that was against the culture, I think that when people are doing things that you've um, decided are important to your culture, you've got to shout it from the rooftops. You got to, um, you got to let people know, um, you know what, Amanda, I saw you doing that. And um, you told me a long time ago that, uh, or a while back about, um, again, uh, video pro and one of the values was once well. Yes, that's it. And so uh, if I were to, if you were to, we were to work together and I saw you doing something once well, whether it was in a team meeting or even just you and I having a conversation and be like, you know what, 
that was that was beautiful and here's why that's a great example of what we've decided is our value which is once well and that was once well that was really good that was your best work that was and you, you know you talk to people you you recognize the small changes as they're occurring and of course then you shout it from the rooftops the big things that are happening uh, jack welsh talked a lot about that in his um in the MBA program and in his books. And of course, he, he was the CEO of General Electric yes. um, for decades, you know, Amazing. one of the best CEOs of all time. Absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah. So anyway, that I think that just recognizing things along the way, um, I remember at Disney Cruise Line, um, I was a leader of leaders and in, in talking to the, my, my direct reports, my leadership team. And I said, Here's here's the thing about culture, especially when it has to do with change. If we roll out a new way of doing things and uh, we get people on board to try it, then what's going to happen is they're going to, okay, I'm used to doing it this way, but they want me to do it this way. Okay, let me try it. And then they do it this way. And then people will often look around like, okay, I tried it. Nobody says anything. Then they try it again. Mm. Nobody says anything. Mm-hmm it's so much easier just to go back the way it used to be because I was more comfortable that way. And so the point is, is if you don't like just recognize people, even for the smaller things, like that's exactly what we were looking for. Or I can see you were trying that new, that, that's great. Tell me how right. you feel. But you're basically reinforcing those, those positive behaviors. And I think it, it just, it strengthens the, the cultural um, change or even the the found cultural foundation that you're trying to establish. Absolutely. So you're you're recognizing the effort that they're they're putting towards yeah. something. They might yeah. not be there yet, but it's like right. I can see that you're showing up for that and you're giving it all you got. What if we tweak it like this or move this way? Yeah, yeah it's that's awesome, Michelle. I love that. So good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All righty. Now, Michelle. All of our listeners would love to hear where they can learn more about you. What have you got coming up the next six to 12 months? Where can they find you? Tell me all about it. Oh, gosh, the next six to 12 months, we have a a lot of exciting things going on. Um, First of all, if you are in the Houston, Texas area, um, I will be uh, one of the featured keynote speakers um, yes. at the ELEX conference. And so it is they, it is focused on healthcare professionals, especially healthcare um, professionals that are in the nursing discipline. Um, and it's all about leveling up. It's about learning. It's about experiencing uh, more from a lot of really powerful leaders that are, are going to be there um, uh, presenting and even just, um, networking. So the ELEX conference, it's end of October in Houston, Texas. Awesome. So we've got that going on. Um, for Stone Ledge, we have, uh, a virtual, uh, course, Aligned Leadership on Aligned yes. Leadership. That's Amanda was, uh, so kind as to be one of our premiered guest speakers, the, the first go around and we're going to be doing it again. And hopefully the dates still work out for you, Amanda, because you were phenomenal. Just fantastic. Oh, look, I highly recommend those listening and I'll make sure I put all of these details in the description and the yeah, show notes perfect. so people can grab right. them and yes, lock it in, Michelle, lock it in. Yeah. Yeah. And just the, for the aligned leader, for the aligned leader virtual course, think about it as um, just a, a great course for somebody that either wants to to level up their alignment from a leadership perspective. So again, that that perfect 
kind of Venn diagram of great at developing others. So if that's a gap for you, this would be a really great course. Uh, great at driving business results because um, you know most companies are for profit and as a leader, you need to align with how to drive those results. So if that's, that's a gap. Great way to show up. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, that that person that just internally is self-driven and a continuous learner and always wants to develop themselves. Uh, the way that we describe it is, um, in fact, let me ask you really quick, Amanda, mm. think about the best leader that you've ever had, ever had. You don't need to say who it is. You can, but you don't need to. Um, but would you say that that best leader ever um, was somebody that took the time to care for and develop you, kind of stretch you and make you be the best version of you? Absolutely. Without question. Absolutely. Beautiful. Was it someone that also understood the, the business and how to drive those business results? Oh, look, my favorite leader, he ran a uh, blockbuster video store. So, uh, I mean, we all know what happened there. So let's go yeah. with, yes, working within the constraints of what he had to work with. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, because it sounds like he didn't single-handedly. No. Um, yeah. Sink the so shit. No. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Um, but did, was this a, a person, when you think about the best leader ever, was this a person that was always like trying to improve himself or herself, just make themselves better? Yes. And so Ken, mm -hmm. my manager at my first job at Blockbuster, what I loved mm -hmm. about Ken is he would actually ask us for feedback. So he knew nice. that he had, I guess, a bit of a short fuse and he could come off a bit gruff sometimes. So he would actually ask us, hey, awesome. so, so we, we were both part of that interaction. Um, how do you think I handled that? And, right. you know, when Perfect. you're 17, 18 yeah. years old, that's a big deal. Yeah. That's yeah. a big deal. Like asking so, me, this is great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. So in a nutshell, that's what we teach in the virtual course. Love it. That is amazing. So where can our listeners find those details? I will drop them, uh, drop it in the description, but um, mm -hmm. tell us, let us know, Michelle. Yeah, stonelegeenrichment.com. Perfect. You'll see right there on the homepage that there's a place to go check out our programs. Amazing. That sounds sensational. Mm -hmm. I'll make sure we make that available for everyone. Michelle, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. You're an absolute legend. You have so much knowledge to share, so much experience. Really appreciate your time. And we would love to see you on the show again soon. Does that sound like a plan? Um, I'm ready. I'm thinking of three other people I want to have dinner with already. Maybe I'll switch up the question. What are you going to do then? Uh, I'll roll with it. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. Again, yeah. Michelle, thank you so much. And we will catch up with you next time. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, guys. This has been another episode of The Culture Cure, and I'm your host, Amanda Rosata, the pop coach. You can help support us by tagging me on LinkedIn, sharing this podcast with a friend, or leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, this is The Culture Cure. Oh,